Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany Bodie. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well rested. <laughs> so for once, not ca- overly caffeinated. That's good. I'm surprised to hear that you're well rested. I feel like there's been a lot going on at your house lately. Well, are you talking about my son, the actor? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he has uh, gone from starring in Maxwell Minutes on our social media and creating content with me um, to bringing his acting chops to his school this week. So, and we're not talking about a play. Oh, we, we always talk about, you know, pros of business ownership and all the great things about it. And we definitely have talked so many times about flexibility and work-life balance, but I think Max is starting to take advantage of that a little bit, just playing hooky, being the boy who cried wolf a little bit. Um, Oh yeah. But we, I think we busted him pretty good this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I dropped him off at school at 745. And was in a meeting with our marketing team. Phone rings. The school has like 78 numbers. So anytime it's like a Madison, Wisconsin number, I'm like, hold on. I'm going to take this just in case it's school. But I did just drop a child off who appeared to be very healthy. So unless he like beat somebody up, not worried. Picked up the phone. Um, Hi, this is Max's teacher. <laughs> just calling to let you know. <laughs> he has a headache um, and he does feel warm. Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right. Went to school, picked him up, and brought him back. He appeared to be very fine. And in the back seat was head in his hand, full on the whole show. Like he was trying to get on the next whatever, Zoe 101 on the Disney Channel. He was fully invested (laughs) in his story. And then got home and said, well, I actually feel a lot better now that I'm just at home when he was offered medicine. And I said, well, your teacher asked that I give you a COVID test. So I'm going to have to give you a COVID test because there has been COVID in grade eight in your school. So he's like, oh my gosh, I hate it. So I definitely, I went real deep with the swab (laughs) to make a point. (laughs) Five times each nostril (laughs) went for it. (laughs) And then did tell him those little home tests. I did tell him, like, oh, look, there's a line by the sea. Now it needs to be two lines to be positive. You should have seen the look on his face when he thought it was positive. He's like, what? It's positive? I feel fine. There's no way I have COVID. (laughs) I was like, do you feel fine? Do you? I had a feeling you felt fine and you don't have COVID. Now you're not going to basketball and lay down. You're going to spend your entire day in bed watching Modern Family, if that's what you prefer, and you have to read an hour of your book. So, I know. I was on the phone with you, and and he was in the background, and I said, oh, man, but I guess no friends today because your house is like the house to be at. You always have a million boys in your backyard, in your basement, always feeding an extra kid. And I said, no friends today. No basketball. Man, that stinks. He's like, What? like yeah. that's how it works <laughs> fully fully thought he was taking like a mental health day just I was like if you're gonna fake sick like fake sick in the morning 
Yeah, don't make mom just leave. Don't make me go again. <laughs> yeah, I got a 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. But he knew <laughs> darn well that after he finished like three pieces of toast and a whole thing of strawberries, I wasn't going to be like, and now I feel ill. And I was going to be like, oh, you do? Okay. But he did pray <laughs> on his 60-year-old school teacher and her caring, loving heart to be like, you do feel warm, Max, if you say you do. <laughs> so, but I think the point of the point of the whole story here is we talk about it all the time, is the flexibility. Even if you are picking up a little liar from third grade, <laughs> I was able to step out and pick up that liar and <laughs> spend time with him and supervise him during the day. I didn't have to go. I didn't have to call out and tell a boss what I was doing. And I think it really comes back to freedom for all of our clients on, you know, that's a lot of the reason that people, particularly parents, are stepping into business ownership is they really want that freedom and that flexibility to be able to do whatever, sports practices, ill kids, fake illnesses, whatever they're dealing with, (laughs) they want to be there. And our guest today is absolutely no different. We have Our friend, friend of the pod, Lydia O'Leary, who is a franchisee herself, but also works with the fantastic Brand One. Welcome, Lydia. Hi, you guys. Thank you for having me. And also that story reminds me of the Christmas story, which I just watched for the first time. I don't know how I haven't seen it. I'm almost 30 years old. And it reminds me of little Ralphie, the little liar (laughs) that he that he was and that's just amazing <laughs> yeah it, i uh definitely got a chuckle out of it you know he's been sick a lot this year and i think it's been being back in in classrooms and stuff and i'm like gosh again sam and sure enough wasn't true this time he was he was the boy who cried wolf <laughs> well thank you so much for being here we're we're excited to have you on anytime we get to have someone on that is able to share their experience and what led them to franchising, not only on the development side, but also as franchisees. That's really exciting to us. So maybe start by walking us through your background and what led you to franchising. Sure. Um, so a little bit about me. So I've been in franchising now for five years, I want to say. Um, quite a blur. So mostly in home services and senior care and grew up in a small town called St. Cloud, Minnesota. Some people are familiar with it. Um, And grew up there. And ever since I was, gosh, 10 years old, I used to work. I started out as a locker room attendant and babysitting for a ton of different families. And And the reason why I start with that story is because one of the families I used to babysit for, I started to be really close with. And it's Um, Mike Welch and his wife, Sherry, and they're wonderful people. And they started to become mentors of mine at such a young age. And after college and visiting with them, um, I did door-to-door sales for over a year and needed a change of pace. And so Mike Welch introduced me to Eric Wexler. And Eric Wexler was then the chief development officer at the Cleaning Authority, Um, got my start there. So one of the best residential cleaning franchises out there and they quickly grew Um, at the time they only had two brands in-house for authority brands and grew within my first year I saw them grow to seven brands Um, so it was quite quite a wild ride and got a taste of that Um, but yeah so we've been doing that and then about two years ago my husband and I purchased our first franchise so got to see that side of the fence too 
It's so interesting how many people make that jump in franchising. I think it's a testament to really how powerful business ownership is because so many people start out maybe on the sales side or operations side and then do become franchisees. So you've worked for two major brand houses in franchising. What led you to move from that internal development to working for a franchise sales organization like Brand One? And it's more than a franchise sales organization, certainly. It's a powerhouse. (laughs) Yes. So there's, of course, a long story there, but I'll, I'll keep it short. So, of course, got to learn doing internal development operations and marketing and learn from a ton of different people who very savvy, um, but very strong leadership teams, not only at Authority Brands, Best Life Brands, and quickly learned that if I really wanted to hone my franchise development skills, I wanted to learn from the the best. So I got to learn from them, but then I kind of wanted to pivot. So I got to know a couple of those guys at some conferences. And of course, Mike Welch worked at Brand One. And after I'd been in the industry for a couple of years, he said, hey, how about you? you come over here? And I got an introduction with the team. Um, they let me into the the cool kids club <laughs> a couple of years ago. But the big reason for me is I learned more about the culture and everything that Brand One stands for is to work with people that we like, trust, and respect, and not only the people, but also the brands, um, which was so important to me. And so when we were starting our business, I knew I needed more autonomy from being an internal development. And so pivoting to that role with the Brand One team, it was kind of a no-brainer because a lot of them also currently own businesses themselves and were juggling that as long as along with working too. That was kind of a no-brainer there. The culture piece, I think, really sets them apart. I mean, there's so many things that set Brand One apart, but for us, that is one piece of it. And the fact we were kind of chatting before we launched, the fact that you have some autonomy to be able to wear a couple of hats, be a mom, be a business owner with your husband, and be in development. I think it's really cool. And again, just speaks to some of their differentiators. Absolutely. Now. You talked about, and I just mentioned again, that you're a franchisee. And what I love is you're young. And Sam and I get really excited about the fact that we are seeing more and more people make investments into a franchise at a young age. What led to that decision for you? What made you decide to take that leap with your husband? Yeah. So at a young age, I saw my my father um, go the corporate route. And I saw him get layoffs for a couple of different reasons. He was always at the top of the food chain. And whenever there was budget cuts or something going on in the economy, he was let go. And I remember it was just such an emotional toll on the family. And I knew I didn't want to go that route. I said, that is risky. I don't want to take that risk. Um, I knew that probably when I was 12 (laughs) years old. So that's why I worked so many different jobs at a young age, because I wanted to control my income. Um, and so the big reason was, was control of our time. And then my husband himself, he actually learned from his father who he owned his own business. And so he saw him able to go to his sports games, able to coach him in soccer. And he was there for everything, no matter what his dad picked up. And if he was with a client, he said, Hey, I got to go. It's, it's my kid. And they always understood. Um, but he was able to, to have that flexibility. And that was so important to us, especially as we were about to start a family. Um, but then we also knew the corporate world wasn't for us. We got a taste of it and we said, okay, we're, 
either I'm too independent or too opinionated, but also I said, okay, we have these skill sets that um, we were blessed with and we're working on even more and we wanted to take it and control our own future versus putting it into someone else's hands and trying to play that corporate game. It just wasn't, wasn't of interest to us at all. I think it's so interesting that you identified corporate America as risky. Yeah. And I, it's such a – it really is a testament to being in franchising and then seeing it firsthand as a child, watching somebody get laid off, watching those things happen, all of the emotional things that that really go on when people are being laid off. And that's very real in our economy right now. I think a lot of times corporate America is viewed as the safe route. Mm-hmm. That's where you go if, you know – you want to make sure you're climbing and doing all of those things. But really and truly, there's nothing safe about it. Somebody looks at a number and says, yeah, this person's making double what the next person's making. If we have to make cuts, there they are. It's just a number. It's just, it's not really related to the circumstance. So I love that you said, yeah, corporate America, too risky for me. I'm doing this on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. You've, you've seen hundreds of brands. You've worked in brand houses. Even being in franchise development, you know, Brittany and I, that's where we met you. We were all in franchise development. You see brands that aren't under your umbrella. There's so many things out there. So as you're evaluating concepts and then ultimately landing on the franchise that you did, what process did you use? What were you looking for? Did you know what you wanted? What really led you to your ultimate decision? That is my favorite question. I don't get asked it a lot, um, but when I do, I love it. So um, first thing for me was recession resistance. So I I told you guys, of course, my start was at the cleaning authority. And I remember learning about it and I was like, really, I'm going to go help people decide if they want to start a cleaning business. And I remember thinking that. And then I got to see the numbers and I got to be introduced to all the franchisees there. And I was like, okay, now I now I understand. And I was like, I, I want that. I want the recession resistant. No matter what happens in the world, I want someone to need uh, this service. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the service industry and my husband too. We love people and we love serving others. So giving back to the community was really important to us. And we wanted to find a way to do that. Um, and we bought it when we were 27 and 29 years old. And so we, we also didn't have daddy's money or anyone <laughs> to invest in, in us. Um, and so we needed to take out unsecured um, funding to make it happen. And so we needed a lower investment. We needed home base. And the other thing we were looking for, too, was something simple. It was our first business. We were buying. We didn't want all these different unknowns that we had to learn and, and try to navigate. Um, so we looked for a business that had a, a call center. So we needed to go out and just do the do the work and service the client well. And if we did that, we'd be able to grow. Um, so that was really important for us too. And there's kind of more to that list, of course, but I think those are the big ones, the low investment, home-based, recession resistant, um, and then just something that we're passionate about. So I always tell clients that I work with at Brand One too, is if you don't have that passion and if you don't find the right fit too that fits your skill set, it's not going to go very well. So yes, this is a really great business model, but it's not the right fit for everyone. And that's really, really important too. I love that you say it's not the right fit for everyone. You know, sometimes I'll get a client that's kind of looking at me saying, well, which one would you pick? And what I would pick 
likely won't be the right fit for them. And that's the beautiful thing about franchising is there's so many different options out there and everybody looks at it from a different lens and Mm -hmm. making investments in our twenties and thirties likely looks different than someone making investments in their fifties and sixties. So I love that you really built out a solid criteria and we're looking for something that checked your boxes of, of criteria. I think that's really smart. And I forgot to add, I apologize, Brittany, big returns was very important to us. Yeah. Um, so we needed to, of course, replace our, our income. And so that was, was very, very important. So we needed a low investment, but we needed to see, hey, there's a proven track record here um, with franchisees. And we talked to a couple, you asked how we evaluated them. Um, we talked to three franchise owners. And after those conversations and um, meeting with them, we said, okay, this is kind of a no brainer. Again, I know I've used that before, but it was true at the time. That's perfect. Doing your due diligence. And if it doesn't make dollars, it certainly doesn't make sense. Then it's just a charity, which is great, but mm-hmm. not a business. Um, yes. So it has to make financial sense. And I think for you guys, especially, it has to make financial sense because you had a big 2022 we kicked off the call before we hit record and you showed us your little one, your adorable son. Um, so I have to know, did that play a role in your decision to become business owners, becoming parents? Did that play a role? Definitely. Yes. Just having that flexibility. I know that's how we started the call, right? It was so important. So um, from childcare, deciding who we wanted to have as childcare, but what time I wanted to be done in the day um, is so important for me. I only can leave him for six hours at a time right now. And so that is is important. So whether it's having childcare in the home or uh, we have daycare three days a week for him to get some um, good interaction with other kids, that was important. But also long-term, um, having that flexibility to take vacations when we want to take vacations and um, to spend time with family and friends whenever we want to. And, and that's important for us. That flexibility becomes more and more important. I think the advice I wish somebody had given me when Max was little was this seems like the time that you want to be home, that you think you need the flexibility, but this is not it. When they are in sports and likely multiple kids and different things happening, that is the time for flexibility. So having that business built, having the staff in place really understanding what it means to have true autonomy by the time you have a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old when you've got travel, baseball, basketball, football, you name it, you're invested in horseback riding, all of the above. Yeah. That The autonomy, just to list a few things on our yes. schedule, <laughs> <But> <laughs> right. the autonomy becomes very important. And I think that kids do sense that. And and much like your husband experienced with his dad, when you can answer the phone, when you can be there, they really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And not to say it's not a balancing act, not to say that, you know, there aren't times where you're like, you have to leave me alone. And if the store is shut, do not disturb <laughs> because mm-hmm. I am working. Contrary to popular belief, that does happen. But <laughs> As you guys look at the balancing act of your lives right now, new parents adjusting to that first year, new business owners, what does the day in the life of the O'Learys look like? Yeah, it's it's a juggling act, just like you were saying. It's it's kind of funny, you know. We're, this is our first kid, so we're just figuring it out as it goes. You know what he needs, what 
what he doesn't really need, you know, all that good stuff and setting boundaries with family and, and all of that as well. So um, it, it's waking up um, around 6 a.m. because we did sleep training. So he sleeps through the night. So if there's any new parents out there, highly recommend. Um, so important. So get up there. We do our morning routine. Try to get a workout in. Um, that's really important for, for both of us, too, just to be our best, not only in work, but also just to be our best parents, too. Um, and then it's either taking him to daycare or we have nannies that come two days a week, too. Um, so it's getting them prepared for that. And it's either I'm working for me. It's either I'm working at brand one or I'm working on our business or my husband is working in the business full time. Um, and depending on the day, sometimes we don't have to work on the business or, or work at brand one. And so we're just kind of running around doing our errands when no one else is. And so that's always nice to have that. Um, because then our weekends are actually saved for fun. It's not for getting all those errands done or getting the cleaning done or anything there. I would say that is one of the biggest things for me as a business owner, that just those small things of today I ran to the post office and I don't have to do that this weekend. And yesterday I ran to the bank and I don't have to do that this weekend. So right. those little things can make a real difference. And it's awesome that you're able to build this flexibility to help suit your growing family and and what your son needs at different stages of his life as he continues to grow. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing too for me, so he had RSV when he was four months, of course, that was going around. And we didn't want to send him to daycare, of course. And so I was able, we were both able to kind of coordinate our schedules and play around with them. And our nannies were able to pick up a shift. We we donated some money to the daycare, which was fine, but we were able to be home and he didn't get sicker. He didn't have to go in or anything. And so he was able to beat it and move on. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was working in the corporate world still. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big deal. And I'm so glad that he came out of that okay and he was able to be home with you guys for that. Yeah. So you've worked with some incredible people. It sounds like you were raised by some great people too. I have to imagine, I know some of your social circle, Marissa on our team was a referral from you. We are so eternally grateful for that. But I have to imagine you've surrounded yourself with great people that you've received great advice. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? That's so funny that you started with that, Brittany, because what I was going to say, the best advice I ever received, and it was at door to door. Um, I learned a lot of really good habits then, but it was uh, look around at the five people you hang out with the most. And do you want to be like them? And if not, you need to change those five people. And so that, gosh, how, I don't remember how old I was then, but from there, I just kind of started to say, okay, I really, really like you guys when I met you, of course that I enjoy, Sam and Brittany, I need to get around them more. Um, and of course, all my other mentors too. I just always enjoyed their company, their energy, um, their ambition to uh, match mine and their goals. And so um, that was really important too. I think that's something we haven't heard enough is surrounding yourself with the type of people that you want to grow into being. And mm -hmm. A lot of people I know love to be the smartest person in the room. They want to be the person that has all the answers, the hub. And I really respect people that search out smarter, 
better, faster, stronger, whatever your goal is, putting yourself in a room. Now, I don't know, Lydia, that we're that for you. So I'm glad that you have the tutelage. Oh, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm some other folks. But that definitely, I mean, you definitely sought that out. I remember you introducing yourself to me at a conference and just you're very forward. And I mean, I really was like, wow, she's definitely going to do well in this industry or any industry. And franchising is, it's so insulated, right? It's just this weird world of uh, like, once you're in, you're really going to stay here because (laughs) you realize how good you have it. And I think everybody has a different reason for coming in and for staying, but what's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Time. You know, there's just not enough time. I learned that, and I might get emotional here. I'll try not to, but I learned that when both my my grandparents passed away, both my grandfathers, I was close with both of them, and it just made me realize, wow, life is really, really short, and surround yourself surround yourself with people not only you love but also what you do every day you need to love it because life is too short Um, we're not promised tomorrow at all so it's the time so for me with owning a business and of course working at brand one and having that autonomy there i can look at other businesses i want to to work on or if i want to go get my real estate license i have the time to do whatever i choose to do and that is really exciting to me because I'm still only 29 years old and I just feel like the world is my oyster and we're just getting started here. So that's, that's the big thing is, is time. You cannot put a price on time and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a finite resource. So good for you for identifying that much earlier than us (laughs) and than most people. (laughs) But I mean, owning your time, there's not a better thing you could own. There's not anything in the world more precious. So I think that that's absolutely a great way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and for giving us all this fantastic information. And Britt, I'll let you close it out. Yeah, we appreciate you and we're so glad that you're with us today. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you both. This was fun. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm